Alrighty, good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And Wiz, uh, I just looked at the calendar, and uh, tomorrow, the first two teams, the two teams that are playing in the Hall of Fame game on the 6th of August, will be reporting to camp July 21, the Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some uh, action on the football field and the highlights, and uh, can't be more excited for what's coming up in 2021, Wiz. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, getting to the point where, uh, yeah, this, it's not like a waiting game anymore. The season is really it's starting to matter and uh, how to follow it and uh, injuries uh, as we saw today and uh, see who's playing well, what the beat writers are saying, starters announced, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, boy, it is going to be strange to watch a Saints game this year without seeing number nine as the quarterback, and uh, that's what's going to happen this year. The question is, <laughs> I don't think the Saints know. I don't think the fantasy football community knows. I don't think Sean Payton knows. Who is going to be the starting quarterback come week one for uh, the Saints? And I think for most of the offseason, it's, uh, it's felt like Winston was definitely going to get that opportunity. Uh, but, like, the talk lately is it's kind of like 50-50 at this point. So, how do you see it? Who do you think gets the job? And do you consider either one of those quarterbacks a uh, someone that, you know, neither guy is, is a quarterback one. We know that. But it, would you draft either of those two quarterbacks as your second quarterback with that offense, with Sean Payton hoping for a high, high ceiling. How do you see it? Yeah, so it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be very odd to see no Drew Brees in the sidelines. He's moving to the broadcast booth, and he will be missed. He's, he's given the game a lot. He's given that city a lot. Uh, you know, he's really been a prominent, prominent force uh, in that community. And, you know, you look at Jameis Winston, who, who was – a 5,000-yard passer in 2019 in the Bruce Arians offense, but a ton of interceptions, I think 30 interceptions. So that's always a negative, and, and we, Wiz and I talked a lot about how that impacts your team and your defense. And and by the way, New Orleans does have a pretty good defense. We'll talk about that later. And T- Taysom Hill, who is not your prototypical quarterback, older guy out of BYU, Swiss Army knife all over the football field, covering punts, playing tight end, playing receiver, running back. And actually, when he got in there last year, I did pick him up in a couple of leagues, and he was actually surprisingly more efficient as a passer. He, he completed 72% of his passes. Now, granted, they weren't extended down the field, and I think that's the presence that Winston gives you. Now, the whole question is around this receiving core, which does not have uh, outside of Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is a kind of a shorter game receiver than a longer game receiver, but there's a lot of question marks around it all. So I would agree with you. I came into this thinking that it was going to be Winston. I'm kind of changing my mind about that. I'm certainly intrigued by the running ability of Taysom Hill. I think he'll improve on his passing and getting the ball down the field, and maybe the offense will be opened up a little bit more than it was initially, because I actually was... Were you surprised? I, you know, when 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 Breeze went down last year, were you surprised that it was Hill and not Winston? I don't know how you felt about that. We actually never really talked about it. So, 
I don't know. I can see this going both ways. I would probably be a little bit excited regardless because it's Peyton and the New Orleans offense, whoever ends up getting the job. And I think there'll be some upside as a number two quarterback. Um, I'm probably a little bit more excited on the Taysom Hill side just because I just loved what he brings to the game. Uh, but I think it's an interesting call for Peyton and the, and the Saints, and uh, we're going to get a good long look at it in the preseason. I'd be surprised if it's not Winston. I just think their offense is better off with Winston, and then you bring in Hill for those 10, 15 plays a game, those specialized plays, short yardage, goal line, uh, jet sweeps, um, read options, those type of plays, I think they're better suited off um, under that you know, under that format, I, I'd be interested in drafting either of the Saints quarterbacks, whoever is down to the starter, as a quarterback too, just to see how it plays out. If it's not going well, if it looks inconsistent, if it doesn't, if it looks like Winston's up to his old tricks again, and it looks like you know the league is kind of caught on to Taysom Hill, you can always drop them and and pick up another guy. It's not like you're going to use up a lot of your equity, draft equity, on either of those two guys so I may consider drafting whoever's the starter as my second quarterback or maybe not in terms of drafting would you draft either guy as your second quarterback or you're just going to take a pass on that situation I I, I am I'm I'm drafting the system I'm drafting yeah I would draft either of these guys as a two quarterback I'd rather I'd be more excited I think from an upside perspective from from Taysom Hill I'm probably in the minority in that view but yeah I'd be intrigued as a number two either one of these guys so let's go to Alvin Kamara um who is not only a running back one in all formats He's a running back that's, you know, going the top anywhere from the, in that top five. But I think there's an interesting question to ask about Kamara coming into the season. If, and it's a big if, if Taysom Hill is announced starter. I looked at the four games. Taysom Hill started weeks 11, 12, 13, and 14. In those four games combined, Alvin Kamara had 10 receptions, the 50 yards. Also, you have the threat of Kamara not getting the goal line touches. You certainly have the uh, worry about just the, the, the design runs to Taysom Hill. You also have to worry about him not being a natural skilled quarterback. When I watch Taysom Hill plays, he gets a lot of the done by pure athletic ability and as big and as fast as he is. But when he's throwing the ball, if his first read is not there, his natural instinct is to tuck the ball and run. And I think that's why Kamara in the games that Taysom Hill put up such putrid numbers because his instincts are not to go to his second and third options. It's to look at his first option and then run with the ball. And it leads me to my question. If Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback and you're in a situation, you have picks two, three, four, five, six. Is Taysom Hill going to be the tiebreaker for you as far as Kamara goes where you might take a Henry, you might take a Kelsey, you might take a Dalvin Cook, you might take a Jonathan Taylor, you may take a different player as opposed to Kamara if it's Taysom Hill or if you're in the camp of Kamara, 
you're going to be, I'm not overthinking this. I'm taking Kamara in this spot anyhow. So where are you with that? Are you going to let Taysom Hill, if he's announced the starter, because I think the one player that it affects the most and the outcome the most would be Kamara. So give your thoughts on that. Uh, great analysis, uh, and clearly you did your homework. Um, I came up with the same numbers. I was shocked to see that uh, 10 catches for 51 yards, zero touchdowns. He did rush for three touchdowns when Taysom Hill started, um, but I agree with your analysis 100% in terms of what Hill does with the ball and his not checking down and looking down the same way a Drew Brees. So the question I, I would throw back at you, do you think that changes where if you're watching the game film – or is it just too much of an instinctive way that Taysom Hill plays the game that you can't really alter that? And that's really the impact is is Alvin Kamara is going to be severely hampered with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. So I think they'll do some improving on it, but there's no question to your point is I think that would look, and I love Alvin Kamara, the player. I drafted him as a rookie in a number of leagues. I'm extremely intrigued by the guy. He's an unbelievable pass catcher. No, he has never rushed for more than 1,000 yards, but that's not where you're getting the value in the player. But I think if you told me tomorrow that Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback and given what we saw last year in a relatively small sample size, I am going to be a little bit more gun-shy about that. And I would add one other thing, was. Kamara had 18 touchdowns last year. That is also very dip difficult to replicate on, on a back-to-back -back season basis. Uh, and I think your points on, on Hill are bang on. So, and, 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 and I think also Breeze was kind of one of these guys who, who definitely builds this kind of instinct. And I think that includes, in addition to Mike Thomas, does include the way he gets the ball. I think he can look away and know that Kamara where he's going to be. And I think that's something that's just innate and something that Drew Breeze had that other quarterbacks just don't have. So, yeah, I'm going to be concerned if it's more, definitely way more concerned if it's Taysom Hill because of the different style of player. I, I just wonder if they do make some adjustments on that. My answer would be maybe a little bit, but not enough to kind of change my mindset on this. And as you said, I think well said, Alvin Kamara is the player with the most risk around that decision at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, 18 touchdowns is difficult to repeat, but let's let's put things in perspective. About a third of those touchdowns came against a Vikings team that had completely given up. Um, <laughs> oh, I, so, believe me, I know that very well. Yep. I mean, you know, let, let, you know, let's let's you know, let's 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 look at it uh, for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, the way I look at it, like if I have Kamara ahead of the player clearly that I, you know, am considering, then I'll take Kamara. But if I have Kamara in, like, kind of a toss-up situation, like, to me, if I could take Kamara or Dalvin Cook and they announced that Taysom Hill was going to be a starter, I think I'm going to take Dalvin Cook in that spot. I just feel better about it. And it's just not his natural, you know, instinct to, to you know, go to a second and third read. So if they announce him as a starter and, you know, the Saints play well, uh, you could see a little bit of a drop off Kamara. And I'd rather take a guy who I know is not going to be affected by the quarterback play. So it's an interesting one. And uh, Tavius Murray is interesting as well because he's not Kareem Hunt in terms of standalone value, but he's certainly more valuable than a, a, a typical handcuff. So when you look at Latavius Murray, do you have him as a fantasy football starter? I wouldn't mind if somebody drafted him as a 
you know, flex play in mind, but I don't think he's a fantasy football starter. I don't have him ranked as a top 25 or 30 running back, but uh, I could see him being used as a flex starter. Of course, we'd take on a lot of value if something were happen to Kamara. So in terms of Murray, how do you see it? Yeah, Mar- Murray, can ca- for a big guy, he catches the ball very well. I think he's probably in the top three of handcuffs in all of the NFL. So, And I think he's just kind of outside of that, that standalone value. I don't think he quite has it. Uh, but you can make the case, and I'm sure in a few games, he, he will make a difference, uh, either with touchdowns and d- depending if they use the player. But I do think he's one of the better handcuffs in the league, but just outside of kind of every week fantasy relevant type uh, running back, I would say. Yeah, and, you know, moving to the wide receivers, um, you know, Mike Thomas, these last few years, clearly the number one wide receiver in terms of the fantasy football drafts. Now he's taken a bit of a hit. He's kind of on the tail end of wide receiver one, certainly not a consideration as a top three to five guy at the position. My question to you is, two-part question. Do you still have him as wide receiver one? And do you think he's been moved back um, too far where now there is tremendous value on the player? Or do you think it's kind of baked into the cake correctly? Yeah, so it's interesting because if you think about it over the last few years, right, Drew Brees has definitely did lose a little bit from his arm, right? And enter Mike Thomas about the same point in his career. And I think they was just so effective together as a combination and the reliance and the ability of the player to catch the football, uh, especially in tight spots, especially not that far down the field. Now, I looked very closely too. Thomas was effective in the games that Taysom Hill played. I wonder if that accuracy can be duplicated when Jameis Winston is there. And he's not going to, you know, whereas... I know Mike Thomas and Chris, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have big years uh, with Jamison Winston. Um, I, I would expect, like I said, that Thomas wouldn't deviate significantly from a one, number one receiver. I think there'd be a lot more variability, though, with Jamison Winston on the center, just because I just think he's a more inaccurate passer. Um, and it seemed like Taysom Hill was able to connect with Thomas much in the same way that Drew Brees did. Uh, so... It's an interesting one. I do still think he's a number one guy. I think he's probably ranked properly coming into the season because there's just question marks around it. Now, when he's gotten beyond 20 yards down the field, uh, which has only been something like 27 or 28 times in his career, he's when he's been thrown to down the field, he has shown the, an affinity to catch the ball. But it just hasn't happened because Breeze wasn't his skill set over the last few years. So I'm intrigued with the player. I think he had a wacky year last year between injuries, suspensions. There was a, it was a strange year for Mike Thomas. Um, but I think he's going to take a hit fantasy-wise because so many people were impacted. He was such a clear number one receiver going into the season last year. And there were definite wounds and roadkill behind that pick last year if you're one of those guys that picked him in the first round in a snake draft or paid up for him in an auction draft. Was. Yeah, and um, and Trayvon Smith is a frustrating player. He he's, he just watches ability on the field, and you're thinking to yourself, boy, this guy should be with Mike Thomas and that system and Drew Brees. 
you just feel he should be more consistent, you know, catching five, six passes a game. And he's one of these guys where he's on the waiver wire in every league, and then he has one of these games where he catches seven for 117 and two touchdowns, and people use 25, 30% of them free agents money to, to pick him up. And then he goes three weeks where he catches two passes for 11 yards. He's just a frustrating player to own to watch and I don't have him or Callaway as fantasy football starters. I'm going to take the wait and see approach. They're going to have to prove it to me, especially Traquan Smith. Do you see it differently? Do you have any confidence uh, in the consistency of Traquan Smith? I do not. I do not. And Callaway, you know, had a couple of games last year too, where he kind of got himself on the fantasy map. But I think there's going to be a lot of frustration around owning those other options. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Jared Cook is gone. So there are some targets that are missing from this offense. But uh, I just, I don't have that trust factor uh, to be drafting any one of those guys in, in my drafts. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, so Cook leaves the Saints tight end, and Adam Troutman looks like he's the number one guy. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the tight end position, how there's probably 10 very interesting tight ends, young players, second, third-year tight ends, who are more than just interesting where you may want to take a flyer or a stream them. Where you get this feeling like a few of these guys can move inside the top 12. And Troutman is certainly on that list of interesting tight ends. Um, in a great system, boy, I would love to have seen him play in these years that he's going to stop becoming in his prime while Drew Brees was also at his best. Um, now he has to go with either Hill or Winston as the quarterback. How do you see it for Troutman? Um, is he a guy that you'd like to draft as your second tight end, or are you going to let, uh, let it play out and see what happens? Like, we know the talent is there, and he's interesting and uh, in a great system. How do you see it for Troutman? Yeah, look, I think if you remember back in 2019 with no picks left, the, the, the New Orleans Saints moved back into the draft to draft this player. So they certainly saw something in Adam Troutman that said, hey, we're going to spend some we're, we're going to spend some draft equity on him. So uh, that's got my attention. Um, yes, I agree. If, if Drew Brees was here and it was the same situation. I would probably be drafting Adam Troutman in a number of leagues as a as a number one tight end. I'd be taking that chance. Um, a little bit less so given the given the quarterback situation now, but I think there's upside on this player, uh, and I think this is a player that is worth the gamble on uh, in in your fantasy drafts. I think he has a potential to be one of those top 10, 12 guys because of two factors. Number one. You don't have a lot of options behind Mike Thomas because I don't think those other guys are consistent enough. And the fact that you removed Jared Cook out of this equation, I, I think Troutman has a lot of intrigue for me, even with uh, Taysom Hill or uh, Jameis Winston on the center. Certainly intriguing is a good word for it. He's a young player with a lot of talented uh, 
I'm sure has learned a lot coming into the second year, playing and 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 just practicing and understanding the, and learning the game under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So he's certainly uh, a tight end to keep your eye on. As far as the special teams, I have the Saints and the Lutz in kind of like the same thing, maybe in the top 12 uh, in defense for the Saints and Lutz and Kicker respectively. Like if somebody gave me a tremendous argument why they should both be inside the top 10 or 12, I could see it. If somebody said the Saints and Lutz were kind of declining and they're out of the top 12, I could see it. So I kind of like don't have a strong opinion either way. Kind of like borderline. I'm sure I'll have some equity in the Saints and Lutz and other leagues, you know, probably won't sweat it if I don't. How do you see it with Lutz and the Saints? Yeah, so again, two players that could be, you know, outside of Kamara that could be definitely impacted by the decision at quarterback, right? Lutz is in a perfect situation, kicking in a dome. Um, generally speaking, he's one of the more accurate guys. He can kick it from long distance. You know, but how, how potent will this offense be under the under the new uh, tutelage of whoever the quarterback is, right? And then you have the defense, who's ranked kind of in the top 10 over the last four seasons. But then let's say Jameis Winston is the quarterback, and Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston from the Tampa Bay Buccaneer days. Now, in this situation, he'd be yanked pretty quickly. Uh, but, you know, again, that does impact the defense if, in fact, he's the quarterback. So uh, a lot to think about. Uh, I don't think it's a slam dunk, whereas the last few seasons, New Orleans has been one of those more solid defenses, despite the fact that they play in a good division and despite the fact that it's a pretty decent offense. The Saints have been a very, very solid unit. But I think both of these guys, are, are, are both, both the defense and the kicker, take a little bit of a hit uh, given the circumstances around the team this year. Yeah, I think I'm going to mix and match if I draft the Saints. Like, I'm not going to rely on them as a center and forget a defense. You know, I don't feel they're in that, in that group. So uh, I'm going to take the kind of like the wait-and-see approach and, uh, as, far as, um, as far as their defense goes. You know, I understand why a lot of people have them inside the top ten, but if it's Winston, I'm going to be a little concerned about him putting the opposing offense in great position, and that, of course, affects the defense if your league is uh, playing points again. So just something to keep in mind. And uh, you always have to keep in mind how uh, one th- the team's starting quarterback can affect the team's defense. That's why we both like Tampa Bay's defense. Um, Led this last season because they were going to get a quarterback who wasn't going to turn the ball over. And uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, I believe they are on deck. Uh, yes, they are. The world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and company. They are next Wiz, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, we'll be back next with the champs. Thank you again, Wiz. You got it. <laughs>